Hi, this is Ruth Roper Wild, author of The Alma Mac of British Ghosts and The Road Mac of British Ghosts and These Haunted Times Volume 1. You're listening to Weird, Wacky, Wonderful Stories Podcast with Shelley and Bella. Enjoy! Hey everybody and welcome to episode 69 of the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. 69! Apparently so. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something about that. And just because it's episode 69, we don't have any guests with us because we don't want any threesomes whatsoever. I can tell that this podcast is filterless. <laughs> Straight away. So... Before we even get started on this episode, please 69. do make sure there are no young people listening to this episode. Thank Too you very much. <laughs> Too late. I knew you were going to be doing something about this. I suppose purposely didn't say to you before the start of this what episode number it was. Oh, my thing's all hairy. <laughs> Is it? I'm talking about my fluffy mic thing. Uh-huh, all, okay. Uh, got all hairs over it. Yeah, I'm sure. You're all going to be on one today, aren't you? You've got a <laughs> single track mind today. What? No. No more than usual? Y'all, guess what? I got hacked. Yes. Or is it pooned? No, 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 no. Or you whatever got... they call it. Well, yeah, P-W-N-E-D. Well, anyway, I have spent too much time today changing passwords. Fucker. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had the same password for everything. Well, you're the only person I know who has a password manager thing and just has the same password in everything. <laughs> I've never it's known I that. Gotta, it's because I got to remember all my emails. You don't. And stuff. What? Oh my god! <laughs> Check this out. I've said to you before that she has more email addresses than anyone else I know, and I was going through her password manager thing, looking at all of the stuff that she had to change today. Let me just put out there, how many email addresses do you think this lady has? I hear you say four. No, more than that. (laughs) I hear you say six. No, more than that. Ten? No, still more. (laughs) Twelve? No. Fifteen, ladies and gentlemen. Fifteen email addresses she has that I counted out, and then she went... (laughs) Actually, I've got a couple more than that. I just haven't put them all in there. I got more than a couple more. I mean, you know, it's good to change your email addresses. Through my life, I've had different interests and different, you know, names, (laughs) which is true. But so I'd actually have way more than that. It's just that those are the only ones that I really... You don't even use them. You sit there and and you set them up and you leave them and then... Well, it means that no one else can ever have that email address. Exactly. Yeah, but you're the one taking up everyone's email addresses. Every time someone tries to do an email address, it says, sorry, that's taken. It's your fault. Well, one day, right? One day. You know how, like, you go on to the things to see if you can get a certain domain name? Yeah. Right? And it'll go, oh, no, it's taken, but you can get this one for X amount of money and we'll try to get this for you by contacting the person that actually has it one day somebody's gonna want that email address and i'm gonna be like no it's mine but i'll sell it to you for whatever and then one night i'm gonna say to you let's go out to dinner 
oh, we don't have the money. But yes, we do, because I've just sold fuck you at whatever.com email address. And you'll be like, ooh. Will I really? Well, I mean, if you adjust for inflation, we could be like 80. And I might be able to get way more money than that. And then you might just go, ooh. It okay. might be the only thing you can ooh when you're 80. I could probably ooh. I'll probably be ooing everything when I'm 80. <laughs> probably, I got an erection. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'll be 83 and i'll be like i don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i got the sahara desert tunnel between my legs oh god <laughs> the sahara desert tunnel i'm just making it up there well, is apparently <laughs> at least i don't think there is yeah i got that sahara desert tunnel <laughs> let me tell you something how many of those email addresses do you actually have set up on your phone one are you serious? No, you've got more than one. I don't. I have one. You got the mm-mm at yahoo.com. That's it. What about your Cinderella thing? No. So of the 15 fucking emails that you've got, they will all expire because you haven't logged into them for a long time anyway. So, ha, joke's on you. You well, won't no, be 80 taking me out for a meal no, because beca- it will have already expired by then. No, because occasionally I do log on on my computer and just check to make sure that they all still work. You're a sad woman is what you are. I have no life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on to the show. This show today is not just about Bella and her crazy email fetish. Or my Sahara Desert tunnel. Well, it's more like a rainforest at the moment, but one day it'll become... You wish it was a <laughs> fucking rainforest. <laughs> well, it's more forest than rain. But... <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> In fact, mine's more like the Sahara <laughs> Yours is the forest. Mine's like tarmac. (laughs) (laughs) With your droopy ball sack. Hey, hold on a minute. (laughs) Okay. This is is taking a turn for the worse. (laughs) Right. Okay. There's a robot that has been built by a Chinese firm, and it's a restaurant cat. I don't know if you know about this. The idea is, is the cat will come and serve you your food. So it's an upright-looking cat thing with a, an area where the trays can go on with all of the plates and cups and all that sort of stuff. And the little cat comes, and you can take your food off of it. It's all robot, so it knows the table. You program in the table number, and it goes and takes it for you. You can even stroke its head afterwards, and it'll meow for you to say thank you for delivering my food. If you stroke it too long, it does get pissed off because it's got work to do, so it will actually... You know, start getting a little bit pissed off. Have one guess what they've called this cat robot. I don't know. Come on, it's a pet. What will they have called it? Pussy machine? No. I was going (laughs) to say they've named it after you, but then you said pussy machine. (laughs) Its name is Bella because it's a pet. It's an animal. Wonderful. Of course it is. (laughs) Bella gets... Of course it is. Bella gets really upset because everyone who she speaks to and and they say, I've got a dog named Bella. And she goes, yeah, (laughs) thanks a fucking lot. So if you ever meet Bella in the street, just let her know that you've got a dog called Bella and she will love you forever. Somebody at my work told me that their car's name is Bella. They've named their car Bella. Yeah. Why? I know, right? But it's better than a dog. Also in the news... Do you know of a lady by the name of Helen Sharman? No, but we have toilet paper in the States called Sharman. Not Sharman. Sharman. S-H-A-R-M-A-N. 
Oh, that's different. No. Well, you should, because she was the first Brit to go into space. Now, a lot of people assume that the first Brit that went in space was a man, but it wasn't. It was a woman. And one of the things that Helen gets really upset about is that they term her as the first woman in space. And I said, who was the first Briton in space? I didn't use her sex as a yeah. as a thing, right? So when you say she's the first woman in space, that would lead most people to assume that the bloke went into space first, a Briton, a mm. male Briton mm. went into space first. But actually, she was the first Briton that went into space. Is it Britain or Brighton? Britain. Brighton's a place. Brighton is a place. But Britain is also a place. But yeah. Brighton, Brighton is a place in Britain, so... Don't get confused. Right. Well, did you know, not to interrupt your story, but, but I'm you going are. to interrupt your story. Yeah, okay. Did you know that just recently, like I just read over the last like few days or whatever, that the first all-women space team went up into space? First all-woman? Yeah. Why? I think there was only two of them, but I think they were going to the space station. Did they have GPS it, on board, did they? Probably. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the first time I came to America... And you were struggling to get me back from the airport. I mean, that's I how... told you, I warned you, my friends warned you that I was superiorly directionally challenged, but you didn't believe me. No, no. And what was until the first I saw it thing? For myself. Yes, and what was the first thing you ever bought me? A fucking GPS. A GPS. Yeah, that's how romantic I am. The next day, I to make sure I got to where we were going at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> So this Helen Sharman, back to the story, has actually said that aliens exist and they could be here on Earth. Wait, wait, wait. Aliens exist and could be here on Earth. I am the first woman to say that into this here microphone, which is not hairy like yours. Correct. What she actually said was aliens exist. There's no two ways about it. She also added there must be all sorts of different forms of life among the billions of stars. So she's actually come out in the news recently and actually said that, which is pretty cool. And also, we watched Planets the other day, didn't we? With Professor Brian Cox. Yes, we did, because we recorded it. Professor Brian Cox, by the way, for those people who don't know, he is the Attenborough of space. He is absolutely amazing. I've got such respect for that guy. I would love to know what he knows just for a day. Because the stuff that we learned... About the planets. Did you know, for instance, that Saturn rains molten helium? I mean, molten helium. Molten helium? Yeah. You were watching the same program as me, babe. Was it Saturn? It was on Saturn. It rains molten helium. Clearly, I was not really paying attention. (laughs) Clearly. But anyway, thank you to Helen Sharman, if you're listening, because that is brilliant from someone like yourself who's been to space who is a totally bona fide astronaut, to come out and say something like that. We've got to be sensible about it. She's not saying that there's little green men running around. What she's saying is there could be bacteria, there could be living organisms, but they also could be here on Earth. They could be. I watched Men in Black, and they know these things. Just saying. Okay, keeping with space, because that didn't deserve a response. (laughs) Because I got lots of space in between my ears. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that astronomers have discovered vast structures in our galaxy made up of many interconnected nurseries where stars are born? And we're not talking about Greta Garbo. We're not talking Hollywood stars are born. We're talking real stars. Did you know that just the other day they said that they have discovered a whole new 
like exoplanet and stuff in the closest star to our sun. Really? Yeah. I saw it on CNN. I saw it on CNN. <laughs> it's amazing how you can turn everything back into like Southern Fried. Well. I saw it on CNN, I did. <laughs> it was really cool. I watched it in between sucking on my cud. Yeah, and my uh, eating my turnip greens. Eating my turnip <laughs> greens. So this structure lies around 500 light years from our sun, which in astronomical terms is pretty quite close, really. The discovery was outlined in the journal Nature, and it came from work to assemble a new map on the Milky Way. This structure has been called the Radcliffe Wave, and it's in honour of Harvard University's Radcliffe Institute for Advanced Study in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And what they said is what we've observed is the largest coherent gas structure we know of in the galaxy, organised not in a ring, keep quiet, (laughs) but in a massive undulating flatulent. It's not flatulent, it's filament. <laughs> undulating, undulating filament. Many of the star forming regions found in the Radcliffe wave were previously thought to be part of a structure called Gould's Belt that was around 3,000 light years or 20 quadrillion kilometers wide. First described in 1879, Gould's Belt was thought to be comprised of star forming regions believed to be oriented around the sun in a ring. The new study in Nature transforms that picture into one of a 90 quadrillion kilometre long, four quadrillion kilometre wide star-forming filament. That's really big. It is really big. Co-author Professor Alyssa Goodman from Harvard commented, We were completely shocked when we first realised how long and straight the Radcliffe wave is, looking down on it from above in 3D. She added, the wave's very existence is forcing us to rethink our understanding of the Milky Way's 3D structure. So, how cool is that? This is, this is another thing that really gets my goat. Not that I've ever had a goat, or probably ever will. You ate one. Oh, that was really tasty, though. Sorry to all the vegetarians out there. But one of the things is that it's totally making them change their understanding of space. Scientists constantly poo-poo things that... We in the paranormal community, if you want to call us that, are saying to them constantly, well, this must exist because so-and-so's seen it happen or someone's witnessed this or that or the other. There's been too many cases of it. And then they go, well, no, it can't be true because science can't explain it. If scientists are suddenly having to rethink their opinions, their hypotheses, based around new evidence, what's to say that when they're saying at the moment that some of the paranormal things that we say are existing aren't actually happening, they just haven't found the science to prove it yet? Yeah. You know what I find interesting? What? That we can go all the way into space and go past these planets and and discover all these things about the planet and stuff, but we can't explain that much of stuff that happens on the Earth. You know? Like what stuff? Well, I mean, you, how long did it take them to get to um, Uranus, was it? Or was it Saturn? It took like nine years, and they got to be there for like 20, 20 minutes? Right? Yeah. So they had the technology at least nine years ago to zoom this thing up into space and get all these pictures that get sent way back and they can figure out like all that and they can tell us all about these planets that are like way far away, but they can't tell us if spirits exist or, you know, they can't figure it out. Like 
is that an energy? What is it? They can't. Do you know what? I think I don't think it's that they can't figure it out because I do think that there are minds on this earth that are intelligent enough to be able to figure it out. What I think is down to is funding. There's not a big enough organization to put serious funding into this, and because of that, scientists now poo-poo things of the paranormal sort of nature because they don't want to be seen by the people that are funding different experiments to be following a line of inquiry or a line that isn't in their current interest. No, I get it. If we win millions and millions and millions on the lottery, maybe that should be our contribution to the world. Okay, so today I was reading my news and all the gossip and all that, right? And I found out that Canada has a family feud now. Is that what we call family fortunes? Yeah. Okay. And there was a tie situation going on. Okay, because neither side had reached the, whatever the amount of money was that they needed to go into the, you know, final sort of round. So uh-huh. they had to have a tiebreaker. So the question was, what is Popeye's favorite food? Spinach. Right. And before he could get the whole entire thing out, what is Popeye's favorite or whatever? And the girl buzzed, and she was so proud, and she was, like, doing a little dance. And she said, chicken! <laughs> because there's a Popeye's chicken chain. Oh, my God, really? Right? And everybody, her family off to the side who was listening, were going, oh, my God. And the guy on the other side is going, it's spinach. <laughs> nice and calm. Now, I know that people can't see this. But you just, you got to watch this, okay? Name Popeye's favorite food. Chicken! Oh, my God. Show me chicken! Spinach, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, his dance was better. Okay, so... All was not lost for the poor girl because the Popeye's chicken chain gave her $10,000 worth of free Popeye's chicken and other sides. That's really weird, isn't it? It's all to do with association, though. Here's one. What do you put in a toaster? Bread. Ah, see, if you ask a lot of people that, they'll say toast. Hmm. Because it's just what you associate with the product rather than actually thinking about the answer. And there were loads of people that were laughing at this poor girl on Twitter and, you know, doing all that. It, but there was somebody who got involved in the thing on Twitter and said, well, wait a minute. You know, it's all to do with her generation because she is quite a young girl. Yeah. And there may be a lot of people who don't know and about Popeye and the cartoon and spinach and all that but there were a few people who said on twitter at least she didn't say olive oil do you know what when you first (laughs) said it i was thinking olive oil because i just thought that was what the answer was going to be something about what was his favorite food well no when you said what was his my my mind immediately (laughs) went to olive oil but she answered chicken really quick there i know she did i know she did but i just thought that the, the the olive oil was um kind of funny scenes how this is our 69th episode what the hell has olive oil got to do with 69 what was popeye's favorite food <laughs> do you know who olive oil was olive oil's his wife or girlfriend 
Right. Take it a little further. <laughs> olive, well, olive oil is also an oil made from olives. That, what? I don't understand. <laughs> what was Popeye's favorite food? Olive oil. 69. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're a sick woman. I didn't say it. You just it did. You made me else. see it. All right, okay. It was somebody on Twitter, but come on. That just yeah, flew yeah. right over your head it like did. a giant old airplane. It did. It did. And that's not getting cut out, neither. No, no, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Shelly is slow. <laughs> that is terrible. Oh, God. Did you hear, I was looking at funny news that happened in 2019, seeing as this is our first, <laughs> uh, this is our first duet of 2020. Okay, do you know... Oh, we're a duet. You know Vita Coco, the coconut <laughs> water people? Yeah. Uh, which I can't stand that, That is disgusting. Do you know what? If you cut a coconut in half and actually drink the coconut water out of it, that tastes good to me. I like that. I enjoy that. I can't drink that Vita Coco stuff. It is gross. But a guy actually went onto Twitter. His name was called Tony Poznanski, and he is an amateur MMA fighter, and he's also a blogger. So he mentioned in a tweet that he didn't like coconut water. And Vita Coco came back to him because he said he specifically didn't like Vita Coco coconut water. They came back to him and they ended up having an argument back and forth with him. And then he tweeted, fuck that. Save that nasty shit for someone else. I would rather drink your social media person's piss than coconut water. And they responded with a picture of their social media woman. Yeah. Right. Whose name was Lane Rawlings holding a jar of pee in a toilet stall, right, <laughs> with a caption on it saying, what address do we send this to? Oh, wow. I mean, that's... I sure do hope he doesn't now post something on Twitter in, like, a few days of him drinking this person's piss. No, no. This was this was ages ago. This was funny news of 2019. So this was a while ago. I, I'm, I'm not sure how it ended, but certainly... A lot of people are saying, well, that's pretty cool of Vita Coco to come back with a bit of a sense of humour about it. But yeah. at the same time, I've got to agree 100% with Tony Poznanski because I don't like it at all. I don't like it neither. But then Rochelle in work loves it. So there's obviously people that do like it. An acquired taste. Yeah, but I just don't. She like reckons olive oil. She actually, <laughs> she actually <laughs> thinks that it does taste... Pretty close to real coconut water. I don't know what I'm well, tasting. I've I think it's quite thick. It's it's viscous in a way, isn't it? Are it's we still not... talking about olive oil? Well, there is that. But I've never like opened up a real coconut in my life because I can't stand coconut. But is it viscous like that? I mean, there is a viscosity to it. It's it's more viscous than water, but I don't. It's, it's just nasty. It is gross. It I is mean, nasty. I don't like coconut, so to me, it was disgusting anyway. When you asked me to taste it, but I wouldn't pay money for it. And not just theirs, probably I wouldn't pay money for any coconut water. Unless I was like on a desert island or yeah. in the in the Sahara Desert. Yeah, I suppose if drink. there was nothing else to drink, I would drink that. But then when I'm sick afterwards, I'd lose it all again anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that happened in 2019 was a radio worker got high on LSD while cleaning some old equipment that happened to be contaminated with LSD. Wow. So he was cleaning it and it got absorbed into his skin 
And even after 50 years, it was still potent enough that he got totally high on it. And what was really funny is that he said, it felt like I was tripping on LSD. He noticed a weird tingling sensation about 45 minutes later. As it turned out, the damp conditions inside the closet where this equipment was had allowed the lysergic acid to remain potent even after the 50 years. What was really interesting is his wife's reaction because apparently she just found it amusing. Amusing. I reckon if I came back strung out on LSD, I think you'd have a little bit more to say about it then. That was quite amusing. I was, when I was younger, at a party once where somebody was tripping on acid and he sat in the corner all bunched up with his knees up, you know, so he's sitting on his butt with his knees drawn up and he had his hands over his face. And every once in a while, he would open his hands so you could see his face, and he would go, I'm an orange. And then he would put his hands back, and that really? went on for ages. Hmm. I wonder why he was an orange and not, like, you know, pear or strawberry or something. I think that you'd have to be tripping to work that out. <laughs> yeah. But it would be awesome to hear colors and see music. Yeah. Wouldn't it? I yeah. Mean, a lot there of are people... people that can do that in real life. That's pretty cool. And and also can smell, is it smell or taste colours? They actually have the ability that if they see, like if you walked I, into this room where it's all blue, they'd be able to taste it in the air. I could think of colours and relate it to, say, like what the food would be like. Like red would be really fucking hot. The best thing in the world would be Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's lickable wall. Yeah, yeah. Or, or what was it, the one that, was it the amazing gobstopper one that, that lasts forever and, and like... A three-course meal. Yeah. Yeah. No, that wasn't that. It the was supposed to last no, forever. No, the everlasting gobstopper. It was supposed to it, last forever. Yeah, but I thought you put it in your mouth and, and you, because that's the one that the woman, the, one, the girl turned, the woman, the girl turned purple That was bubblegum. That was bubblegum, was it? was it? gum of it some sort. It was gum, yes, because she was the one who was into gum. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Veronica something, was it? Veruca, Veruca Salt. Salt. Who are they? Something. Augustus Gloop. Yeah. Charlie. Grandpa. Yeah. You're a grandpa. I know. <laughs> so what do you reckon would be the outcome? Okay, if there was like a vampire versus human scenario in the world, do you think that humans would survive or do you reckon the vampires would kill us all? Well, I think so, but only because the vampires have to go to sleep don't they they have to in the daylight they're very vulnerable then aren't they so if you could figure out where they were i mean i know like humans would be vulnerable at night while they're awake but the thing is that even if the vampires did outlast humans they'd be fucked in the end well there is someone a physicist in fact called dominic zernia c-z-e-r-n-i-a and he has actually created a vampire apocalypse calculator that, believe it or not, actually works. So you've obviously got vampires that are sort of traditional vampires, like Dracula, but then you've also got the less traditional ones, like the Vampire Chronicles and Twilight. You can apparently change the parameters within this calculator. Pick different types of vampires. Yeah. It says inquisitive vampire fans can also customise parameters for a given human and vampire slayer population. The Vampire Apocalypse Calculator was a big hit online and served as a fun Halloween side project for the scientist. So which of the vampires were the toughest? I didn't look that up. I just thought it was a really good idea. Well, that's like half a story. I know. 
But, you know, you can go look for it now, can't you? No, you can. So, what do you reckon this is? Um, Say it. A dildo? <laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners are going, I was not expecting that. <laughs> so, yes, it is. This is it's a, a quite pampered dildo, and it's nice wooden. It's in a nice um, wooden velvet box, with a, box. Yeah, scarlet lined actually. Case. And it's got a window, so it can see out even with its one eye. Yeah, this dildo is carved out of ivory, and it comes with its own scarlet lined case. And it was gifted by a wealthy farmer to his wife. What I want to know is why does it have to have that little ball end on it? <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's it's how you It's not think. really balls, but it truly looks like a knob. <laughs> it's a knob on the end of the knob. So, yeah. What is that? Well, I don't know, but it's... it's So that you can... I'll put a link to this on our show notes so you can have a look at it yourselves. But, Let me see that. But hold on a minute. Don't I get too attached to it. it. I know exactly what you want to do. <laughs> you start taking the measurements and 3D printer or something. There's a little sort of knob on, on the bottom of it, a little round sort of like, almost like a ball bearing that sits at the bottom of this thing, okay? And I guess it's probably to tie a bit of string to so you don't lose it. Maybe, I don't know. But this item went up for sale in in an auction and it was listed as a dildo made entirely out of ivory from the Victorian era. Amazing. Yeah, guess how much it sold for? How much? It was bought for $680 at an auction in Ireland. But prior to that, it was actually bought by someone who was a private collector in the US who actually got it for $3,500. So really, they bought that in 2017. So it was a steal getting it for $680 in 2019. I was going to say, it'd be interesting to have something like that, but... Yeah, I bet it would. Well, no, not for me to use. It's 130 years old. 134. I wonder what it smells like. That's disgusting. No, I'm just saying. That's really gross. <laughs> I wonder what the oldest one ever sort of found, like, by archaeologists or whatever. I wonder if they found, like, prehistoric dicks and stuff. Prehistoric? Not prehistoric. <laughs> prehistoric dick. Yeah, it's a Tyrannosaurus cock. Not prehistoric. What would it be? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Well, like where, a Neanderthal. Well, well, Neanderthal. Neanderthal. Caveman dildos. Caveman dildos. That's it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? They'd probably make it out of stone, though. I wouldn't want to use that one. Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get. A woolly mammoth tusk or something. <laughs> well, that was made out of ivory, so you're not a million miles, yeah, are you? Yeah. Really? Do, do you That's think the elephant gross. ever thought, I've got dildos here. <laughs> yeah. someone, someone could nick one of these, and before you know it, it's up olive oil's chaff. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and Popeye's pissed off because he's looking for spinach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am strong to the finish because I eat me olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after this. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more within minutes of finishing your recording. 
Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Check our show notes where you can find a link which will earn you a $20 Amazon gift card sent after your second paid invoice when you choose one of their paid plans. And let me tell you something, that means that you can try Buzzsprout and doing a podcast for yourself for two months for a total of $24 and then get $20 back by way of an Amazon gift card. Sound too good to be true? It's not. Go to Buzzsprout via the link that we've got in our show notes or on our website under the Listener Offers section and get started today. Bella and I use Buzzsprout. We love it and we know you will too. And using the link will also help to support our show. So everyone's a winner. Okay, let's get back on with the show. Do you know that last year in Japan, they held a competition to make babies cry? Oh, that's fucked up. This competition has been running for 400 years. Not continuously. It runs yearly. Okay. (laughs) And what they do is they get sumo wrestlers to make these babies cry, basically. And the first person to make the baby cry wins. So it says every year in Japan, the Nakisumo or Nakizumo Crying Baby Festival is held to celebrate the belief that crying babies bring good health and fortune as well as ward off evil spirits. Yeah. I think I read about this a while back. Well, each baby is paired with a sumo wrestler who's given the task of holding the babies as they cry, or at least trying to make them cry. It's held across Japan, but the biggest one is in Sensoji Temple in Tokyo. The rules are the first baby to cry wins a sumo referee is assigned to make the infants cry which can be done through a number of methods so one way is to chant in front of the baby naki naki which means cry cry repeatedly into their faces to try and scare them into crying another way would be to wear a mask and the mask is usually of the bird demon tengu one of the evil spirits believed to be drawn away by the sound of bawling babies the sumo wrestlers also gently jiggle, I would like to say. Gently, gently j- jiggle. jiggle the participating baby. And probably on the sumo wrestlers, several other things are jiggling at the same time to help get them crying. Sometimes they make funny faces to try and help the referee make the baby cry. The baby who starts crying first wins the duel. However, if both babies start crying at the same time, then the one who cries the loudest wins. This year, or sorry, last year, 2019, there were more than 160 babies that took part. I wish I'd known about this. I could have took Bryce to Japan and he'd have fucking won. What now? I think that. Well, yeah, now, but no. I mean, when he was when he was a baby, baby. Yeah, that that baby in the doctor surgery when I was in there probably <laughs> could have won as well. <laughs> yes, we talked about that on a previous podcast. Yeah, I know. You you took great delight in that. I did. It was awesome. Do you remember me telling you years ago? that I got a disciplinary in one job that I had because I farted. Yes. <laughs> which is which is the most ridiculous <laughs> thing in the world, by the way. I don't think we told that on the well, uh, a previous podcast. I was working as a photographer for a well-known portrait studios <laughs> back then. And yeah, basically I farted, not in front of a customer, I hasten to <laughs> add, but in front of another member of staff. And then I maybe laughed, but also apologised, okay, because I was embarrassed. And this woman reported me to not only my store manager, but the area manager. I mean, it was that <laughs> bad, apparently, that she had to report me to the area manager. And the area manager travelled down from wherever he was from 
and gave me disciplinary for, and I quote, farting. Well, I mean, you know, let's be honest, right? You take great delight in your farts. Let me be totally honest. (laughs) I have Crohn's disease. So I'm going to fart. I mean, I'm terribly sorry about that. Well, I don't have Crohn's disease and I fart. Yeah, well, exactly. So I'm going to fart a little bit more often. (laughs) But my point is, is that, you know, I laughed harder when he came down to give me the bollocking than I did when I farted. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Bryce. Oh, God. Come here. Yes. Do you fart? Yes. (laughs) You can leave now. Are you serious? You called him out of his room for that? Yeah. I said, that's a waste of airtime. Have you heard the story of Shelley getting a disciplinary at work for farting? Not sure I want to. <laughs> I got told off because I farted. That's the end of the story, really. That happens here, too. Yeah, I know, right? What happens here? We tell you off for it all the time. Kiss my ring. Rather not. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bye. Thank Goodbye. you. Thank you. You're cruel to that boy. Cruel to the boy? Mm-hmm. Okay, so listen, the reason why I brought that up is that in March, a court of appeal in Australia had to decide upon a case that involved an employee who claimed that his boss, his constant farting, was a form of bullying. 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 Wow. Okay? The court had to decide whether or not the farting could be considered harassment or not. The only difference is, is this was a construction engineer company. And this supervisor was actually dubbed by other members of staff there as Mr. Stinky, okay? And he apparently thrusted his bum at him while he farted. Now, I didn't do that. I just <laughs> accidentally cracked you one off. You just let rip, right? Yeah. <laughs> this guy said, I would be sitting with my face to the wall and he would come into the room, which was small and had no windows, and then he would fart behind me and walk away. And apparently he would do this five or six times a day. So did they say it was harassment or not? Well, hang on a minute. To counteract the attacks, the victim, if you want to call him that, would spray aerosol deodorant at his bully. The suit, which also claimed the victim had received bullying phone calls from other co-workers, sought damages of $1.8 million Australian dollars or $1.28 million American dollars. The boss's name, the one who was doing the farting, his name is Short, okay? So... Every case has two sides, and Short retorted that his alleged serial farting was meant in a humorous way. Short alleged that he may have done it once or twice, maybe, and claimed that it was not with the intention of distressing or harassing the victim. So whether the fart attacks were meant to be harmful or not, we'll never know, as the Court of Appeal ended up dismissing the case. Yeah, well, probably a good call, really. Well, I actually think, reading this, that it probably was bullying. And the only reason being is because apparently he received bullying phone calls from other co-workers. So maybe everyone in the place was, was bullying people. And Yeah. I've got another one here. So did you know that in 2000... And this actually made news, which I, I really don't see. There's too many, too many things going on in the world for things like this to make news. But, but it can make our podcast. It's interesting. <laughs> there was a guy... His name was Rudy Salazar, okay? And his wife gave him the job of taking their dog, which was a small dog. I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's like a little chihuahua, I think, something like that, right? Anyway, he took it to the groomers, okay, to get a cut. 
and he came back with the wrong dog. Oh, what? So the the dog that he came back with, guess what the dog was called? Bella? <laughs> no, Boo, it was called Boo Bear. Don't be so silly. Why would it be called Bella? Well, you know. The wife went absolutely ballistic, apparently. Yeah, but he came back with the wrong dog. Anyway. That how was the hell do you do that? Well, I don't know. It had been cut. Maybe he thought, well, it looks a bit different, but it's just had a haircut, you know? Well, Remember but, when but, Bryce well, went and had his haircut but, on his own? He but, came back looking like a freaking Nazi. <laughs> Jeez, I tell you what. Yeah, that was pretty funny. He did. But he was very, very... Um, Cold. Diplomatic. Bald. <laughs> he was diplomatic about it. He said, he called me on his way home, and he's going, Mom, I won't be needing a haircut again for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I've joined the white supremacists. Oh, God. Yeah. All right, well, I got one more, and then I think we'll put everybody out of their misery, all right? <laughs> but anyway, so Subaru... The car company. The Subaru. car company, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They have a new car that they're coming out with. Now, it only it was at the Singapore Motor Show, so it may not ever actually hit mainstream. It might have just been a concept car. Yeah, but check this out, okay? They called it the Forrester Ultimate Customized Kit Special Edition. Oh, I heard about this. Go on. Yes. Or for short, the Fox Edition. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm going to I want to buy a Fox. It says uh if the abbreviation doesn't make sense at first for you, just imagine that it rhymes with trucks. Yeah. We don't need to worry about that here. We just say Fox. Well, yeah, because you wouldn't want people to think it's sucks. No, exactly. Or ducks. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for <laughs> listening to us once again here on the Weird Wacky Wonderful Stories podcast. We've been your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget you can follow us in all the usual places. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we've got a Facebook account as well. You can go to our website, www.weirdwackywonderful.co.uk, and learn more about our guests and us. And you can buy merchandise and a few other things. I tell you what also we've got, which you probably heard in the ad that we did earlier on, we've got a new affiliate link to Buzzsprout. And if you're thinking of starting up a podcast, it really isn't that difficult, believe it or not. If us two can do it, then you can. Yeah, no doubt. But if you sign up using our link that we've got there, then not only will you get a lovely gleaming podcast, which is available in all of the best places, you will also get an Amazon voucher for your troubles. So if you're interested in setting up a podcast for yourself, just follow that link and the instructions that they give you, and you'll be all sorted. If you do follow that link, it also supports our show as well. So that would be greatly beneficial to us as well. So yeah, because much. we clearly need all the support we can get. We need all the help we can get. <laughs> Thank you very much to our listeners who've uh, stayed with us all the way through 2019 and before that as well. We really do appreciate it, and it really does make a difference to us when we see your responses to our tweets and, and our Instagram posts, and when we get the messages from you as well. That's absolutely amazing. You can message us, incidentally, through our webpage via the contact page. But until then, please do stay... Weird. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Sorry, it was so funny last time. Yeah, but I got the last word. <laughs> you did. You called me an idiot right there. <laughs> okay, no, I'm serious. Now ready. <laughs> Please remember to stay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I promise. Now you know when I promise. I'm... <laughs>
You know when I promise I'm really going to do it, okay? Right, and if you don't... No, I promised. I, I, okay. If I do it, I, if I promise, right, I always okay. do it. Okay, please remember to stay weird, weird. <laughs> and wonderful. <laughs> you still didn't believe me. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. Bye.